Hey, podcast listeners, the topics are pouring in through our text messaging pod ring is what I'm calling you. You can join it. 833-947-3684. Text the word pod. And then just send us messages. We interact with you, answer your questions about products and classes, and take your suggestions so that we can have a great podcast show. Today's Tea with Julie focuses on how to avoid the meltdown. Hi, friend. It's possible to offer your young writer editorial feedback without triggering a meltdown. Here's an example from Brave Writer parent Hillary. I was trying to coach my dear daughter, who's 10 years old, on her first draft of an essay. We had talked about using her first draft, which she did on her own, without my prompting, as a base for a writing project. And she agreed. As we went over it, I commented on the good things I saw, the detail I liked, the flow of the essay, the excellent ending. Her topic was helpful, influential genres. She agreed this was more accurate a title than helpful, influential books. As I commented on the things that could be spruced up to be made more powerful, she got really defensive and closed up emotionally. I wanted her to choose a different word or phrase for helpful in her essay to fill out what that means. Neither of my daughters likes to be corrected, even when I preface everything with things I liked and things that they did well. How do I help them understand that I want to help them grow as writers? Is there a way to help them before they have a meltdown? Here's my response. Meltdowns over editorial input are familiar to all writers. It takes time to let go of the ego investment long enough to recognize that someone's input may actually help you write better than you realized you could. As you rightly note, I like to start with what I like about a writer's writing before I express ideas for improvement. So let me affirm you for doing what so many moms forget to do. That is, you found valuable ideas in detail, affirmed an excellent ending, and applauded the flow of the piece. Thank you for being concrete and for making sure to do that. Then you wanted to offer feedback for revision, and this is where things got touchy. I have some principles and practices that may help. Number one. Kids need to know that they are the authors who have the final say over their writing. Just because you know that a change would enhance the piece doesn't mean that it must be made. The writer must know that she is evaluating the input and making a judgment about it, not that she is victim to the changes a power figure requires her to make. See the difference? So offer the comment like this. Hmm, it seems to me that the word helpful isn't as clear as the rest of the title. What do you think? Or you might say, are you interested in hearing any feedback about the title? I have an idea that might make it pop to life, but want to be sure you are interested before I suggest it. By respecting her authority over her original writing, you give your daughter the power 
which makes it easier for her to either hear you or to admit that she doesn't want to hear you. In either case, you have a win-win. You develop trust. Eventually, when trust is built, she will want to hear you and perhaps over time will even take your suggestions as welcome. Number two, the positive feedback can't be seen as buttering up before delivering the real feedback, which will then be critical. Be specific as you were and leave some space between affirmation and constructive critique, like the period of lunch or even a couple of days. Let the positive have its impact before offering critique. Number three, remember that your feedback makes an impact even when she doesn't take your advice. For instance, when you pointed out that the word helpful wasn't that clear, she may choose not to make the change in this piece. However, you can bet that the next time she writes the word helpful, she will remember that discussion about it and may at that time self-edit and choose a better word for the new paper. Number four, not every piece of writing needs to be improved. (laughs) You can ask if this is one she wants to work on or if she is happy with it as it is. If she appears to never want to revise a paper, you can suggest the following. Mary, let's collect four of your papers and pick one to revise. You choose. Then I want you to share with me ways that you can improve it. If you need some ideas for how to revise, I can help. If you're interested in my feedback about this particular piece, I'm here to help you with that too. Just let me know. This helps her to see that it's important to revise and to even learn to revise, but you leave her in control of when it happens, to which piece, and how she will receive that feedback. Number five, finally, Don't worry if it appears that she's resistant to feedback for a long time. It takes time to build trust between writer and editor. If your child senses that you consistently are on her side, that you affirm what works well, and that the feedback you offer is for her consideration, not as a command, she will come to trust you. If the feedback you give results in a wonderful change that makes the writing spring to life, she will then be likely to ask for your input the next time, rather than being suspicious of it. Hope that helps. Thanks for having tea with me today. One of the tricky things about teaching your children to revise is that they feel proud of putting any words on a page. I remember my mother used to say that when she taught writing to her students, my mother is an author of over 70 books, by the way, that when she taught her students, a lot of times it took so much courage to get their words out of their bodies and onto a page, they were in disbelief that any more words lived behind the ones they just wrote down. So all feedback felt like a threat. It felt like, you're asking me to do more than I did? This is all I had. This is all that was available to me. How could I possibly find more words? That's a little how kids feel. I mean, if adults feel that way, imagine how much more a 10-year-old would feel that way. So to learn how to take the risk to go back inside, 
to dig around in the catacombs looking for more words feels hard for kids. One of the things that I have discovered working with families over these last 20 years is that one way to get over that revision hurdle is to stop thinking about revision as a practice that improves the writing. Instead, think about revision as an opportunity to play with the writing, to simply make a change and see what effect that has on the original. So inside my brand new book called Growing Brave Writers, I dedicated an entire chapter to revision. There are two practices in that chapter, and if you do them all, it will probably take you eight weeks because the first set of activities is under the category of low-stakes revision. Low-stakes revision. This is where we invite kids to do a little violence to the original writing. So instead of trying to improve it or make it better, we're simply helping them get comfortable with making changes. One of those activities, for instance, is to design what I call a revision board. The child will go and collect images online, through magazines, whatever you have available, and pin them to a board, whether a physical bulletin board or a Pinterest board or a file on your computer. And those images will be of weather and items and people and locations that could be added to the story or added to the original piece of writing. What the child is doing is inviting themselves to imagine additional possibilities for the writing, as opposed to simply saying, you could spell this word correctly and add detail here and now it will be better. We're literally inviting them to reimagine the piece of writing. And that is just one of the practices in this revision chapter. I give you lots of detail about how to even implement that as well. If you are struggling with a child who resists your feedback, I can think of no better journey for your child than to work through growing brave writers with you. Together, you and your kids will play oral and writing games, grow a rich vocabulary, conduct research, free write, revise, edit, and polish your child's writing. You will empower your kids to feel good about the writing they produce. In each chapter, I include a coaching guide for you. You can just drink a cup of coffee and read it in about 10 minutes. And then there is a writing activity with detailed instructions. I give you a checklist for completion that even includes a little bit of give yourself a high five for just reading the coaching guide and a sample written narrative of all the academic skills that activity taught to your child. There's an appendix that features writing samples for each of the activities. There are suggested adaptations for different ages of kids. There are directions for how to use this program in co-ops or even at charter schools and a planning model to apply to your calendar. Growing Brave Writers is a 200-page black and white PDF file. It's non-consumable and works well for students of all ages, eight to 18. Truly, we have seen tens of thousands of families use the original program, The Writer's Jungle. This is just a much better, more powerful version of that best-selling manual. Growing Brave Writers is available in our store. We will include a link in the show notes. I would love to see you hop on board 
and discover that writing can be a partnership, not a war between parent and child. 